music podcast for my mother. She read to me when I was little, so now I'm returning the favour, and you're welcome to listen along. It's Thursday, and that means I'm reading something offbeat. Sundays are for classics, but whatever I'm reading, it's always great writing. Tonight, I am in Concordia Parish, Louisiana, USA, the small town of Faraday, to be precise, the birthplace of Jerry Lee Lewis, the original wild man of rock and roll, one of the most gifted piano players of all time, great at gospel, country, everything, and still at it in 2022 at the age of 86. And I am reading a travelogue of a visitor to the Jerry Lee Lewis Museum back in 2011. The author happens to be my other half, so I'm reading an email to me as tonight's offbeat read. I won't be making a habit of this, listeners, even though there is plenty that Tim writes to me that is podworthy. My hope is that this offbeat episode will encourage you to encourage others in your circle to be the best writers they can be, and you too, because as this pod is all about, great writing is a delight. Before I begin, I should say that Tim spends most of his vacation time in the USA, and much of that time in the South. He loves it, in particular Texas. And I should also say that the two of us have a different approach to travel. Tim is, how shall I put this? There's plenty of Motel 6 receipts in Tim's luggage. He's the brown bits of the Monopoly board, and I'm rather a lot more dark blue, if you know what I mean. And I think you do, but if you don't, do Google it. So I think that sets the scene. Let's begin. Whoa, fix yourself a coffee and prepare for a strange tale, nudie. Arrived at Faraday, Louisiana around 3 p.m. This is the teensiest little place, located about three hours out of Shreveport, along beautiful swamp-sided highways. The Indian owner of the only hotel in town seems genuinely astonished to have a prospective customer. This is not a location in which nudie is easily pictured. The Relax Inn is, to be polite, a little down at heel, And that's before I see my room, 106, which at least offers smoking. Also, imminent demolition, if Louisiana has anything resembling a building code. You would simply refuse to stay here, I'm certain. Yet, incredibly, there is Wi-Fi. It's like finding a functioning iPhone connection inside a rusted-out 1964 E.H. Holden at the Wreckers. So, after booking in, I roll into Faraday's central zone. A sign points to the Delta Music Museum. It's a neat little building, next to an elderly but functioning concert hall. Hello, I say to the youngster at the counter. He stares at me. I stare back. Do I pay here, I ask? He doesn't appear to know. Eventually, he answers. I'm dusting things, he says, before adding, this is the gift store. Well, okay then. I walk past into the museum, which features attractive displays about Jerry Lee Lewis, Mickey Gilly, and various other prominent Faraday musical identities. I'm the only person in the place. 
Faraday is clearly not burdened by an excess of visitors. Back in the gift shop, I buy a bunch of stuff. CDs, some badgy things and so on. But with every individual item, the woman announces the price in a deeply worried tone, as though each purchase could be a deal-breaker. I ask if Jerry Lee's childhood home is still standing and if it's a tourist drawer. Oh yes, she says, then offers directions. Turn left at the front door, walk past the big furniture store, then past the outdoor galore. Jerry Lee's place is next to that. I followed her directions, and it's been turned into a museum of sorts, but that isn't the initial impression. Instead, it looks like a homeless person's attempt to build a shelter using material recovered from a demolished prison where inmates were required to demonstrate a facility with found art. In a poor street, this is the poorest-looking place. It's sad. As well, it looks closed. I walk around the side and am hailed by a loud voice of greeting. A stocky, blue-eyed fellow is wandering towards me from the other side of the street, his hand outstretched. This is Bo, my museum guide. Bo is restricted to five-second attention spans, so in the next 30 seconds I learn that he is Jerry Lee's nephew, that he has been to Sydney during military service, that he doesn't like the English, and that there's a $10 donation, that there's a book he really wants me to buy, and that they need money so the place can be painted. I'm slightly lost during this blizzard of information, but between us we slowly suss out the $10 deal. Bo then enters the house and informs whoever's inside that there is a tourist about to come in. We enter via the kitchen. Startlingly, people live here, and not just any kind of people, as I'm soon to discover. It turns out that the kitchen is a relatively recent addition to the original house. As we enter the main structure, I almost trip over a woman in a wheelchair who spins towards me and says something that I can't quite catch. That's my sister, explains Bo. She's had a stroke. She's quite talky for a stroke victim and maintains a steady line of whispered chatter throughout the entire time I'm there. I can't make out any of it except for a few lucid lines about how much she misses the outside. I ask, what would she do if she could get outside right now? Believe it or not, I'd like to go and see a movie, she says perfectly clearly. Any movie in particular? King Kong. I did not see that coming. The museum aspect is mainly photographs, absolutely stunning photographs many of them of Jerry Lee as a child, at shows, in school. These images cover almost every surface in the joint, apart from where they are shoved aside to make space for objects that have no apparent connection to Jerry Lee or the Lewis clan in general. Attempts to draw Bo out on his family history are ruined by his woeful attention issues. Lovable though he is, it's difficult to keep Bo on track. At one point, he veers from discussing Jerry Lee's first Sun Records contract to animatedly explaining to me how the family came to obtain a hypermodern refrigerator in 1973. It's still in the house, along with the bed Mickey Gilly was born in. 
there's just so much junk piled up against so much gold. Above a pile of decorated jigors, there are two records literally hanging from nails on the wall. They are original Sun 78s, great balls of fire, and a whole lot of shaking going on. Lord only knows how much these are worth, more than the house at a guess. While all of this is happening, a shadowy spectral woman occasionally appears in the background, shuffling from room to room. This is Bo's mother, Frankie Jean, Jerry Lee's younger sister. She's not given much to talking these days, although she used to be. Frankie lives here with her two children. Think about that, Nudie. She's in the same house in which she was raised, in this poor corner of Louisiana now with her own children, who are both in their fifties. Incredible, isn't it? Bo's scattergun style as a museum tour guide features only one consistent theme, the need for a few lousy dollars so the house can be painted. Frankly, paint should be way down the list. The place is an utter shambles. It needs a proper curator and a few hundred grand to start with. For the love of God, photographs are just pinned to the walls. Anyway, eventually I told Bo that I'm in media and that one quick way to make money would be to publish all those photographs in a lavish picture book. Don't worry about text. It would be like an introduction essay, just pictures and captions. Sure, there would be copyright issues over some of the shots, but nothing too harsh and the family pics would be free. Seriously, with a good designer, this could be knocked over in a month. You should see these photographs, Nudie. They sing. They scream. Like Jerry Lee. I left him my contact details, but absolutely nothing will come of it, of course, because Bo is seriously distracted. He ran inside to put the idea to his mother, during which wheelchair sister beckoned me to her side. I can't be sure if this is precisely what she said, but it sounded like, Our mother has made us both messed up. Before I left, I gave Bo $20 for the book he was pushing earlier. It's a self-published effort by J.W. Brown, Jerry Lee's former bass player and the father of Jerry Lee's teenage first cousin bride, Myra. I'll have to check this, but I think Jerry Lee once shot J.W. Also, I think J.W. is his full Christian name. The initials don't stand for anything. How weird. Inside the book, it's autographed by J.W. and Myra. I know there's plenty of Jerry Lee out there in the world, but it makes my heart hurt a bit to see so much history go to waste. But hey, I got Myra's autograph in that book, and ain't that something. Love, Tim. And that's where we'll leave it tonight. What a vivid, lovely description of the Jerry Lee Lewis Museum and its occupants back in 2011. The spectral woman, Frankie Jean, Jerry Lee Lewis's sister, passed away in 2016, and Google is reporting that the museum is closed. But I don't know if that's accurate, because there are reports of visits in the last couple of years, so maybe it's still kind of going. The Relax Inn is getting happy four-star reviews from satisfied visitors, so things in Faraday have picked up in the last decade. Lots of us regular folks who don't write for a living share our thoughts and experiences all the time, 
in written form on a Facebook post, Instagram or other platforms. Writing has never been so widely practised, and I thought it would be nice to explore some writing that's close to home, or close to my home, and I hope you enjoyed it. Okay, I'll be back on Sunday, 9pm Sydney time, with a classic, and I wish you all a great rest of the week. And I want to say a quick thank you to one of the most over-the-top fantastic reviews of Nudie Reads from a listener in the US on Apple Podcasts. Whoever you are, wow, and thank you. I love it. I will be reading it to mother, I assure you. And I encourage you all to leave a review if you're minded to. It really helps the pod to grow. Okay, till next time. Take care. It's slippery out there. And thanks for listening to the Nitty Reads.